Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ness and Dorma. I am Martin Ramsey, your host for this particular episode. Italian 90 has been debated about its technical quality, but surely never about how dramatic it was and how impactful it was. It may not have given birth to modern football, but it certainly conceived it. We have all debated, I'm sure, in the pub or in university halls or indeed online about its greatest players, perhaps selected our greatest 11. And that is what I am going to do with the help of my three guests this evening. With one catch, one player is only ever allowed to be picked by one of us. This is the draft, shamelessly, shamelessly stolen um, from the movie podcast, The Ringer. Um, and we'll explain the rules in a moment. But I'm joined, as always, by Rob Smythe, who has been spending the last fortnight looking at costumes <laughs> and pullbacks, I'm sure. How are we, Rob? <laughs> yeah, good. How are you? I'm very well. Gary Naylor is here as well. Uh, I was on mute, so I win the prize for the pod for this evening, I think. Uh, yes, hello, everyone. I'm slightly wary of uh, the task ahead of me because rather like the tournament itself, uh, I'm better on moments than I am on detailed narrative. So uh, let's see how we get on. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it too. And joining us as our guest this week, Mac Millings. Welcome to Ness and Dorma, Mac, and um, I hope you've been preparing as well. Um, thank you, Martin. Yes, I spent the last 15 to 20 minutes uh, getting ready for <laughs> Confident. Good, good. 15 more minutes than I have. Right, okay, here we are. Um, the aim of the game, of course, is to pick the strongest uh, 11 that played Italia 90. One note should be made. This is their performance at Italia 90. So I think as Rob has already mentioned on Twitter, Marco Van Basten, as brilliant a striker as he was, possibly not a strong pick for the great Italia 90 11. Toto Scalacci, possibly a little better. Um, who will decide what's the greatest? Well, you will, listeners, on Twitter. You will put out a poll with those final four 11s and you will be able to make that judgment as to who has won the draft. How the draft will work um, should be reasonably simple. I've tried my best. Uh, we'll draw lots in a moment. Rob has just put the, 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 the virtual tombola up on the screen so everything is fair and transparent. Uh, and person one, can choose their, their first pick in any position, and two, and then three, and then whoever's in fourth spot has two goes before it goes back up to one who gets two goes, and back and forward, and back and forward. There's no order of position, uh, it's just whoever you want to go for first. The only thing I would ask, gentlemen, is that we nail our colours to our formational mast immediately. Um, that's the only thing we'll do up front. Rob, where, how are you setting your team up? Yeah, I, I figured in the spirit of the tournament, uh, I'm going to play a sweep system. So through five two, three four one two, kind of depending on who's available. But yeah, wedding robe and all that. Yeah, I too will be um, being on vogue for 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 um, nineteen nineteen. Go with the, the um, three five two or whatever. Uh, variations thereof. Uh, Gary? Well, I'll be going for a 4-4-2, but I may be inviting one of the players who was more suited and made his name as a sweeper to go into a, a back four, because to be honest, one of the things that I fear about the next hour is that I shall be picking, uh, or I shall be left without a sweeper to pick. So mm. I've avoided I've avoided that by going 4-4-2. And of course, I grew up watching football in the 70s and 80s, and I still, to this day, have in my mind's eye, like Mike Bassett, a 4-4-2. You left out a word there, but that's fine. Mac, where are we going? 
Uh, well, I'm also going to do the uh, sweeper system 352 because Rob told me that that's what he was going to do. And uh, <laughs> I'm nothing if not a follower. So that's what I've got. Absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> and listen, we, we there may well be times where we have to try and be fluid. Again, listeners, you will be the judge, not us. Um, we will put that that 11 together and you'll decide what, what fits best for that particular summer. Rob, can you... Do there, I feel like Jenny and Fantino here, please. Can we can we do that? <laughs> First person out. You can all see it, yes. Yeah. Is Mac. Oh. Um, oh dear. Second person is me. Third is Martin. I'm sorry, Gary. Yeah. So you get four and five. You get um, a double done. No, I mean, I, I think there's, there's something in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then let's 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 get going. Mac, you're first up. I am. All right. Checks notes. Well, now Gary's got me afraid because because <laughs> he said, "Well, what if I run out of sweepers?" And I'm committed to sweepers. But first name on the team sheet. Hang on, let me write this down. Uh, I've got. He, he is. He is imperious. I'm going to read you my thing that I've prepared, and then you'll <laughs> then you'll tell me that uh, I've picked the wrong player in the wrong position. Um, so my first pick. Uh, I'm going to pick a uh, sweeper because I don't want to run out. He's imperious. Italy conceded just two goals in the whole tournament, seven games. Uh, he was picked for the FIFA team of the tournament. And uh, if we've if we've ever learned anything over the years, it's to trust FIFA's judgment. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he was fifth in the Ballon d'Or voting that year. Uh, only one defender was ahead of him. And... Uh, We'll come to him later, but he cheated because he, he scored a lot of goals. Uh, and so my pick is going to be Franco Baresi. Yeah, I can't, yeah can't that's that. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's certainly no arguing about uh, <laughs> someone like that being being first up. Um, just incredibly annoying. I'm sure he was in many of these lists. I'm sure he was in yours, Rob. Who are you going to go for? Uh, so I'm torn between about 12 West Germans, but I think yeah. I've got to pick Lothar Mateus. Um who didn't win the golden ball, but I think he was, yeah, I think he was the most influential player. Um, the performance against Yugoslavia in the first game was absolutely terrifying. Two brilliant goals. Second one after running about 70 yards. Mateus picking up pace midfield. Oh, well played again. Mateus' shot. That's fantastic. That's one of the best individual goals we're going to see in the World Cup, surely. Lothar Matthias with his second of the match, and West Germany's third. Um, we spoke about this on our Euro 88 pod, how he was starting to improve. Um, there's a really nice line from David Lacey. What's it? He calls him both stagehand and leading man. And before he'd just been the stagehand in this tournament, I mean, he's just absolutely brilliant. It was like watching a bloody cyborg or something at times there's a run against England when he runs like he just destroys about four players down the left um so yeah just just the perfect modern midfield player really um for that era I mean no he absolutely was and in, in, in our Euro series we, we maybe saw him come of age on that international stage and, and, and be that kind of dominant presence um he'd read a fair bit of criticism prior to that tournament um but he was he was the absolute standout um and that's very annoying because that was going to be my first choice. <laughs> so, um, now that's me. Well, uh, Baresi and Mateus were for first choices. I will 
I am left uh, with no other choice but to pick the ultimate um, front first choice, which is Toto Scalacci. I'll make the, the very obvious um, selection there. Uh, again, this is the 11 of that summer, and I cannot conceive of any other way that, 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 that he is left out of any um, great 11 from, from that particular tournament. Um, so sorry for being Captain Obvious, but um, it's dog-eat-dog dog here. We were talking about this, actually. Um, WhatsApp, I think. That goal against Uruguay, I wondered if it got a nick because it absolutely flies past the keeper. And our friend Mike Gibbons, who isn't on tonight, but he reckons it's almost like a knuckleball equivalent the way he hits it. But I absolutely love that goal. Baggio, Serena, Schilacci! But yeah, there's something so amazing, isn't it, about World Cups, about one World Cup wonder. He's kind of, him and Yosimar for certainly for people of my age, the ultimate. Gary, you have two choices. Yeah, well, I mean, three of my names have already gone, so I'm, I'm only left with one or two, which includes the mascot. So um, I'm going yeah. to oh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, look down my list here. Okay, I'm going to get slightly controversial. I've got two goes here, haven't I? That's how it how it. You works. do, yes. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, he's he's obviously a kind of iconic character, but there is some reasoning behind this, and I'm go, going to go for Roger, Roger and Miller. And a long pump downfield. Shouldn't pose Andoni too many problems, although Miller might hustle him. Miller, Miller scores a goal for Cameroon! It's come from nowhere! Miller still there. Towards Bieck, and Miller comes on the end of it. Can he get two? Roger Miller! Oh! It's his day, all right. Um, the, the old man who came on to old manners, as I think John Motson said, maybe it was Barry Davies, and uh, Barry Davies, and he he was just brilliant. Now, you may say, come on now, Gary, you know, Roger Miller, he was only a sub, he only came on and played half an hour and so on. But I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Peter Fleming, uh, who was... <laughs> partner of uh, John McEnroe in tennis and when Peter Fleming, one of the great quotes in sport, and I had the, the, the opportunity to uh, ask him this myself or tell him this myself, that I thought it was one of the great uh, quotes in sport. Uh, when he was asked what the best doubles team in the world was, he said McEnroe and anyone. And hmm. um, when it comes to Roger Miller, I don't really mind if Miller starts, although obviously I wouldn't want him to start because he'd be a sub. I don't really mind who's playing ahead of him. What I want is Roger Miller to come on for the last half hour and change the game. It was a, it was a tight tournament. It was uh, it was low on goals. I think, Rob, you talked said once that it was the lowest 2.21 or something, yeah. Yeah, so a man who can come on and find slide rule passes, a man who can come on and find space in, in crowded midfields, who can play in between the lines, and most of all has that glorious joy and confidence that is given to so few. Of course, one of the other ones was Salvatore Scalacci, so there's something in that. Uh, so I am having Roger Miller. So we're not actually picking subs, Gary. So you're playing. No, 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 no. I'm joking. So we'll yeah. give you we'll give you Steve Bull and Roger Miller as a yeah um, <laughs> a job lot. Well, I would think there's some concern about the arrival of that gentleman. England tightening it down the middle, and has Miller, and the referee says penalty. Miller. 
Makes it look so easy, a kick in! And Cameroon lead! So smooth through the heart of Bobby Robson's England. His balance, which gives him the opportunity to receive the ball, turn and then see a pass, is is really extraordinary. You just wonder. I think I don't think he was playing in European football at the time. I think no, he, was he was living on is it Reunion Island somewhere? Yeah. Retired, yeah. Um, yes. Gary, who's your second pick? Well, I, I, I want my forward line because goals matter in a tournament where the average number of goals is so low. And I had two in mind. It, it, well, a few in mind, and you, you'll pick your own. But I want to pick another player who, who had something of the force of nature about him, something of the, the free spirit, and that's uh, Argentina's Claudio Canicchia. Um, he he always seemed to be sort of picked out by the cameras. It helped that he had the boy band looks and the the um, the uh, John Bon Jovi mop of blonde hair and so on. But he was. He was more than that. He was always in the game. He was always available. And like so many players at that time, um, he could he could take a whack, as Benjamin Massing knows, and get up and carry on. Uh, he liked to roll and a dive as well. But uh, I, I I think Kanikia was was a, a, a part of the, the kind of force of nature of Italian ninety, which led to its drama, which created the personalities and why it lives so long in the memory. So I'm going for Argentina's Canicchia. Maradona for Argentina. Good run by Maradona. And still he goes on. And Canicchia! And Canicchia could score here! Argentina! One! Brazil nil! Maradona. Play to the wide man, three in the middle. And Kanija on the near post has scored! 1 1. And the holders still have one hand at least on their trophy. I'm furious about that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, obviously, a soft spot for Kanija given who he's been having watched them for uh, a couple of seasons um, uh, with my team. But huge goals, too. Mm, yeah, exactly. huge. Huge goals that that's impact, not the numbers. There's, there's some of the other ones that are that are there, um, but um, just right on that and, and that that free spirit, Gary's up um, uh, a good way to describe it. Right, okay, that's annoying. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll pick another. You, Rangers, you could pick Mikhailichenko. No, <laughs> oh no, he didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, so <laughs> enormous. Yeah. The other Rangers players there, as we know. Um, but I'm going to go with someone else that we waxed lyrical about on, on Euro 88. Oh, you fucker. Um, <laughs> given, given the system that we, all well, three of us have chosen, um, he's, he's, he was the boy, wasn't he? He was just, I was going to say a revelation, but he, he was superb in, in, in the Euros as well. But he, he like Matthias did, like Voller did, um, Klinsman to a certain extent, um, just extended what they'd, they'd done in, in, in those European Championships. And yeah, uh, if we're talking wing-backs, then at left wing-back will be Andy Bremer. It's Bremer for West Germany with the penalty. Sorry, not sorry. Rob, you go. Yeah, he was my second choice in the whole lot, actually. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go for 
partly out for sentimental reasons, but also cold, hard, rational analysis. I'm going to go for Paul Gascoigne, um, who has an occasional attempt to say he wasn't that good in Italian 90. It is utter bollocks. He was fantastic <laughs> yes, in so many ways. Um, just everything. That, what I love about Gascoigne, so many things, but for example, I love the fact that the kind of symbolism of him turning and Koeman when they drew with the Netherlands. But I also love that he wouldn't have had a clue about it. I bet if you <laughs> ask just and if there's stories of Robson saying, you know, you're playing against Mateus tonight, and he's an no boss, he's playing against me. Um, he was fantastic against West Germany. He actually had a really bad half an hour against Cameroon, gave away the penalty, but then he recovers to play a devastating pass um, that leads to the winner. I think the reason I like him the most is because in the system most of us are playing, you you need a midfield dribbler and his ability, I mean, Mateus could drive with the ball, but Gascoigne's ability to beat people in tight areas in the centre of the pitch through a combination of skill and strength is almost unprecedented in English football, I would say. There's a moment when Lineker, it's Lineker or Platt, I forget which, I think it's Lineker, who misses a chance for a hat-trick against Cameroon and after Gascoigne just destroys three players, basically. Just, and, yeah, I just thought he was brilliant. Paul Gascoigne. Lineker! Oh, he's wide! Goodness me, what an excellent run. Um, made most of the goals, even it's set pieces, you know, makes good against Belgium, makes good against Egypt, uh, but also for personality as well. Um, yeah, and also because, yeah, it's kind of partly sentimental, kind of, you know, that summer means so much to someone who, kind of, I was never, well, I was patriotic at the time, but now I couldn't really care about the English national team. Just to have kind of memories of that, and he's associated more than anyone, so I've said enough, yeah. I'll shut up. I, yeah. I remember I remember remarking that the most continental player in the whole tournament was an Englishman, by which I meant Gaza, because his technique was just fantastic. His his ability to see the pitch as a whole, um, his kind of moral courage in constantly taking on defenders, accepting he wasn't always going to succeed, but keeping going. It, it was just brilliant. And just one more thing. It's so easy to forget. I mean, there's also the poignancy of it, obviously, the fact that 23, you know, Robson, Bobby Robson says to us to the West Germany game, this is your first, you've got your life ahead of you, never played in the World Cup again. Do you know his last, you know, obviously fouled Berthold to get booked and would have missed the final. His last touch in a World Cup was a challenge on Berthold, not that one, but right towards penalties, he concedes a corner, which I think is kind of weirdly, I don't, I don't even know what it is. Um, but also, so easy to forget, not just that he was not guaranteed for the team, he wasn't even guaranteed for the squad. There was a whole daft of brush stuff. I was at the game when they beat Czechoslovakia 4-2 late April, Watched it was a crowd was only about twenty three thousand, which seems extraordinary, and he was just astonishing. Like he, I think he makes three goals and scores one, or makes two. Like this amazing pass over the top, Steve Ball. But interestingly, in that game, before all this, there's an awful tackle. I forget who it's on, which kind of gives you a hint of the other side of him, kind of Gaza's mania rather than Gaza mania, which would then obviously yeah. bug his career. Anyway, enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joyce, Mark, you have two. All right. Well, I'm losing already. <laughs> so, I mean, Brazy was at the top of my list, but I will quote to you. I, I wanted to say more about um, about Mateus um, because I mean, you, uh, Rob, you quoted uh, David Lacey, I think. Well, I'm going to quote um, a young journalist called Rob Smythe. <laughs> no, you're not. You can fuck right <laughs> off. No, you're not. No, I am. 
I am, because that goal, uh, he scored though, two brilliant goals against Yugoslavia, mm. one with each foot. Um, with the Germans, the German side had a lot of that, a lot of um, really brilliantly two-footed players. Yeah. Uh, and, um, oh, where, where's he gone? Rob Smythe. <laughs> Come on. It, funny, it's hard to find a Rob Smythe quote. Who'd have thought? Um, <laughs> he said, it's hard about the, the, the second, the all-time great World Cup goal against Yugoslavia. He says, it's hard to think of a goal which at the time was quite so terrifying. And it was the scene in the movie where the robotic monster eats a young baby whole and then starts cackling. <laughs> My, the next bit in my notes says, first name on the team sheet. And then I pick Baresi. So, <laughs> um, so, well, also, you've picked, you've picked all the forwards except one. Uh, well, not because only four forwards played in Italian night. Nice. So, you, you picked my number two, my number three, and my number four striker. But first off the board as a forward for me, he was only 25, had to lead the line after the old uh, Rudy Voller, Frank Reichardt incident. Um, great near post run for the opening goal against Netherlands, stunning head against Yugoslavia. Uh, he's, to me, he had three opponents, at least three opponents sent off, player of the tournament. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he got kicked all around. Um, he uh, no, actually, he didn't have three. Yeah, well, three is an exaggeration. Point point is, he smiled at me during a Wembley friendly when I was there in nineteen ninety one with my sister. Germany, West Germany, won one nil. So I'm picking Jurgen Klinsmann. Another very solid choice that no one could possibly argue That's against. Good. Best individual performance of the tournament, Klingsman against the Netherlands. Hmm. In terms of what rate and, and delivery, possibly. I think I thought he was awesome that night. Yeah. As a, as a genuine modern forward. Yeah. yeah, just the whole thing about having certainly so random ran himself into the ground so much he was actually yeah. subbed. Yeah. Um, anyway. Klinsman! What a goal! Mark, your next choice. You have two, of course. Oh, yeah, I do. Let's see. Rob's taken my midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I'll grab my next... I'll grab a midfielder. This is this might be controversial. Um, it's a personal pick. Uh, one of my all-time favourite players. I'm going to pick a midfielder. Um, uh, never perhaps reached his full potential in his career, but he was so good uh, in this tournament. Um, a brilliant brace to knock out Spain in the round of 16. Um, I'm going to pick Dragan Stojkovic. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, I, I loved him. I loved him so much. that The goal, uh, the, the first goal against Spain, where the ball loops, the cross loops up, he shapes to, he shapes to shoot. And then I think it's Martin Vasquez just goes sliding off the edge of the world. And then he cushions it, cushions it like Berbatov. Slots at home, calm as you like. That, that's when I fell in love. And this is Vujovic for Yugoslavia. Oh, that was obstruction surely by Sanchez. Vujic did well to keep his balance. Oh, it's a chance here. 
Stojkovic has broken the deadlock. Stojkovic is orchestrating it. But is he going to take it? Yes, he is. Um, I mean, he he was dominated by Mateus in the group stage, but I mean, Mateus, as we have covered, dominated the tournament. So, Stojkovic. Yeah. Quick really... story about uh, about him mm. is that uh, I I went I was in Paris and I think it was just before the uh, World Cup. 1990 and i i think somebody's going to look it up on google and find out it was five years after but i think it was 1990 early may uh maybe late april i went to parc de france and got a ticket to see france play yugoslavia and the, the player i was most looking forward to seeing was dragon stojkovic and uh, it was nil nil i don't think he had any. <laughs> so uh there you go yep super choice mark great rob <clears throat> Yep, so I've got... I'm just looking at my ridiculous spreadsheet. Now, now. I'm going to pick uh, a very underrated player, I think, and that is the United Arab Emirates... No, uh, Guido Buchwald <laughs> of West Germany, yeah. um, who I think is an underappreciated giant, and I wonder why this is. I don't know. Possibly because he didn't play in Serie A, given the kind of vague... Snob, not snobbing towards a bit as bigger, but anyway, his role in this tournament, Maradona doesn't get a kick in the final because Bookfeld's on him, but he's so flexible as well. He's strong, quick, good on the ball. Against the Netherlands, he plays in midfield and almost becomes a second forward after Voller is sent off. Makes both goals. Um, one with a really good cross. It's him, I think it's Aaron Vinter he beats. Like, this is a big mm. centre-back. He's beating yeah. Aaron Vinter yeah. whoever it was on left wing, crosses for Klinsman. Bookfeld, the big defender. Being tracked by Winter. Litvarski coming up in support. And it's over! West Germany go ahead! Even against England, he hits the post with about three minutes to go in extra time with a lovely ball bounces to him about 25 yards out and he uses a defender, I forget who it is, as a screen and just bends his curler round shot and he hits the post. Um, so, I mean, it's, the, the flexibility isn't really appealing. It's more that it just demonstrates what a brilliant all-round player he was could be a man marker or a stopper as we would call him in those days i mean Mar i know maradona was on his last legs in the final but he really did not get a kick and in fairness maradona played very well against italy he was the one who kind of orchestrated it and we know what he did to brazil um so yeah i think bookville I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because at the time i probably didn't appreciate him that much as well i knew he was a good player obviously but it was subsequently reading stuff like chris freddie's world cup history and then just looking into it a bit more i kind of it feels like he's a really underappreciated yeah, giant in the game, really. And maybe it is just they didn't play in Serie A, I don't know. Because all the other greats in that era, certainly the German players did, didn't they? Or might have I just pulled that out? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, they can't all go, I suppose. But yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's always going to be someone in that team that's excellent but doesn't get mm. doesn't get the spotlight because they're just so full of, of, of great players. Um, yeah, that's annoying because um, I'm sure he was in... <laughs> is, is, he, is he part of your back three, Rob, then? Uh, sorry, I was on mute. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay, um, um, just a few words about if, if just say sorry. a few words about Berthold. Is that I think one of the reasons why he doesn't get the no book files. Um, <laughs> I knew this was going to oh, happen. Book <laughs> Oh God, yeah. But uh, I'm still available, Gary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the reason he he doesn't get um, the kind of 
appreciation, I think, is that in this country, I think we're, we were we were certainly then kind of prejudiced against some of these big German defenders. Yeah. All we could see was the kind of of caricature of a big disciplined German defender who who you know did his job and he's thou shalt not pass and so on. And I think we we were slow to recognise that first of all, there's much more to to anybody's game who who is in a destructive role as much as in a, as much as a constructive role. And secondly. Um, we were we we, we underappreciated them because I think we thought felt the Continentals should all be rinky dinky types like some of them we've already picked so far, rather than the value of someone who has a job to do and delivers it. And can I say one other thing? Most of us can probably um, hear in our minds here the John Watson commentary when Lidlacher equalised in the semi final when about three mm. German defenders getting a bollocks. Well, Bookval wasn't one of them, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, who am I going to go for? Yeah, okay, I'll just go for Rudy Voller because um, there aren't that many forwards and um, my team needs a, a, a bit of a, a bit of work in the middle and I'll, I'll try and come to that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, how well he would have worked with Scalacci, I'm talking myself out of this team being brilliant. But um, yeah, again, someone who, thinking back to that, that Euro 88 piece, um, was under huge pressure. He, he, he got a start, um, but he was he was sensational as well. With Klinsman, of course, and Klinsman was was the better um, forward. Um, but he still, um, I'll, I'll still have a place for Rudy Voller alongside Toto. Thank you. Matthias, Fuller, Fuller is brought down, penalty, and penalty to West Germany in the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. Flim resistant, flim resistant, yeah, they do too, so. Yeah, <clears throat> they, they complement each other quite well, I think, both of yeah. them work like absolute beasts, don't they? They absolutely do, yeah. Gary, you've got two. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit like I'm on the fourth podium in Pointless here, where you wait for a while, see your choices go, and then you suddenly you've got to pick two, and you think, oh, bloody hell, what are these two? So on the fourth podium in Pointless, well, I, I'm a great fan of goalkeepers. Um, you've got to have a good goalkeeper to win anything. And a good goalkeeper to me, and I think this is one of the, the, the first that I can recall who really played on this, is a, a good goalkeeper's got to have a personality. They've got to, with personality, they've got to drive their defenders and they've got to intimidate uh, the, the opposition. Um, goalkeepers will make mistakes, and this man does make mistakes, but uh, I think he made a high-profile one in the semi-final, but somebody's going to tell me that was 1994. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, in the in the main, I think he was a very important part of probably the most effective unit in the um, in this whole World Cup that Mac has already talked about, which is the Italian defence. And I'm going to go for the man with the silly haircut, Walter uh, Zenga. Walter Zenga. Did he have a silly haircut? Well, he had a bit of a bit of a bowl, a bit like. Um, Right. French uh, Philip Seller. It was a Philip Seller haircut, if you know the the French uh, three quarter uh, Philip Seller. Uh, but yeah, I'm going for Zenga. McGrath and here's Quinn coming in for the header. Brilliant save by Zenga. That's pretty straight back, Gary. Your next choice. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, one of the things I wanted to do with this uh, this selection is to highlight players who who come forward. The most obvious player, I think, who comes forward in this tournament is uh, Salvatore Scalacci, who I think had either played one match for Italy beforehand or made his debut in the tournament. And there's something of that in my next choice. And this is very much from memory. This is very much from thinking... First of all, you know, who is this guy? And secondly, why is he playing so well all the time? And um, it does suggest that I should be going for a sweeper system rather than a, uh, a 4 4 2. <laughs> and it's uh, England's very own Mark Wright, um, who, was, who was a fine player from match to match. And in an England team that had its faults, and it shows in, in how they, they got through, um, he was one of the, the more dependable, alongside another obvious name, which I'm sure will be taken, but I'm not going to say it in case you guys grab it for later. But but uh, Mark Wright was was really good in this, and we, we kind of remember him now, you know, as a kind of Liverpool defender and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you isolate that, just look at him in this tournament, um, he he stood up well, and he was a surprise. He was a he was a fine tournament player for England. I, I love I love the, um, the the Gary criticism there. Well, now we remember him as a Liverpool <laughs> defender. <laughs> yeah, who who won an FA Cup? Yeah, um, and to be fair, he did play as a marker in that tournament as well, not just a sweeper. Against Germany, they played butcher as a sweeper, probably because they were terrified of Klinsmann or Voller getting in a what we now call a foot race. So yes, you're okay with your four four two with him. Yeah, a brilliant player. Okay, um, I, I'd be amazed if nine-year-old Martin, who was watching the opening game of this tournament um, during his sister's birthday party and would have been doing something else, uh, if he could conceive of such a discussion happening um, over 30 years later, would have picked an Argentinian goalkeeper given the start that they made. Of course, it's not the Argentinian goalkeeper who played in the opening game. I'll go for Goicochea because he made a difference. He was a difference maker excellent on the penalties. Gary's talking about character and personality. I think he had that. I think he was someone that just stopped the rot a wee bit, um, steadied their, their particular ship. Goalkeepers, of course, very, very important. Um, there's probably only three, to be honest, at the tournament that are dependable. Um, yeah. Gary's already got one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go for him. Um, couldn't stop the penalty in the final, of course, but of course, you know, the player of my team scored the winning goal in the penalty. So uh, in the final, so um, that, that, that's understandable. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was superb, and he just gave, just gave something a wee bit special. I'm, I'm looking at players who made a difference, and yeah. um, in Scalacci, Vola, Brema, and Goikachi, I think I've got four. from the spot playing for a World Cup final place Donadoni Goikachea saved it when you started talking about the first game I thought you were going to go for Diego Maradona who I can't believe <laughs> hasn't been picked uh, so I'm going to I can't resist it I, I'm still not entirely sure it's a good idea but I can't resist it so I'll go for Maradona dancing feet still dancing feet and wide what a wonderful piece of play by Maradona. Um, I mean, apart from the fact he kind of inspired the most hilariously vindictive attempt to retain the World Cup ever, mm. um, 
You know, there were brilliant moments. I mean, the assist against Brazil is one of the all-time great assists. He beats seven players. There's yeah. a wonderful moment when he breaks the first line. Brazil have battered Argentina for 80 minutes, but like utterly humiliated without scoring. Breaks the first line of about four players, and you can see the last three just having a nervous breakdown. They're just like, shit, this is happening. This is going to happen. And then two of them run into each other, and he what, another one tries to sit on him, and he's still strong enough to put Khadija through. This is Maradona. And he gets the ball through, can he just goal? But also just the sheer force of personality to inspire other players. Um, yeah, and if it all kicks off as well in the tunnel, then, you know, it'll be fine. I do th- I do think sometimes the injuries, because he was, he had so many injuries, it was obscene. In um, one leg, yeah. Yeah, basically. But I do think it sometimes obscures. I mean, the final, he didn't get a kick because of... Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I I do think he still played pretty well, and, and that system load is worth it. Um, so yeah, so you've got logistics with checking. I haven't actually you have I haven't, a midfield I, three. No, 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 no. Maradona's not midfield. No, no, no. Yeah, which is where he played. He played off Kanija or okay, okay. he played off Kanija or Balbo or who was the one who tried to strangle Cola Desotti? So yes, he's played up front. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not that stupid. I, but yeah, so he's playing up front. Oh, he's playing off. You know, he's playing off, off the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's, that's it'll be different. it'll be a, th- a three a three one. Four one one or something. Yeah, okay. Mark, you have two selections, please. Okay. Um, well, because I um, my my extensive preparation has left me with very few defenders, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to uh, and shore up my team at the back, and uh, I might need your help on uh, exactly where he was playing in this tournament. I've got him on the right side of defense-ish, but um, he, I'm picking Giuseppe Bergami. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, right back. Right, yeah, I, I yes. have him under my right back section. Um, so you're just, just picking the entire Italian defense? If I can. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no, yeah, he I'm... was, he was uh, again, you know, very tight defense. They only... First goal they conceded was the semi-final, as has been mentioned. Picked for the FIFA team of the tournament, and you already have heard my views on trusting FIFA. But more importantly, um, he was number nine on the Times' 2007 50 hardest players in football history. Who <laughs> <laughs> so was top? I, I don't know. Bergman's Mick ninth. That's all I care about. No, no, no Luton on the podcast, please. <laughs> no. So is he at right wing back then, Mike, or is he in the right I, side of a three? I think I've probably got him at right. Rob, where does he mostly play? Uh, right, right back in the back four. No, he played. So he played centre back, as far as I'm aware, most of his club career. But I'm pretty sure most of this tournament, he was right back in the back four. I think he was. Yeah. So, um, well, it's fine. Um, you can explain it to him. That he's playing out of position, given that he's the ninth hardest player in history. I'm sure. <laughs> So yeah. you right wing back. Listen, you're the boss. Right wing back. Or you could kind of on the really, right. He could on the right he, of my three. Yeah, he could play there. I mean, the fact yeah, yeah. Play there at Italian nights is neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Bergame is part of your back three, and your next pick then, Mike. I am picking Branco. So Craig Hignett, when when Branco turned up at Middlesbrough, uh, they thought he looked suspiciously old. Um, Hignett and his teammates. So they asked him how old he was, and he said he was 33. And Hignett claims that he and his teammates had seen a video of Branco 12 years before playing at the World Cup. And 
deduce from that that he must be 45. Now, there's a couple of issues with that. <laughs> one, one of which, you know, I did my extensive research, one of, one of which um, is that he joined Middlesbrough in 1996, so 12 years before was 1984, when, and I, I've just learned this, there wasn't a World Cup. <laughs> um, and furthermore, to, to challenge Craig Hignett's maths, he called himself a striker, um, but he only scored a goal every five games for Middlesbrough. So uh, he, wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't a striker, he's rubbish at maths, and Branco wasn't even 33 when he joined Borough, he was 32. So I'm picking Branco, I suppose, Brand as left wing back, question mark? Yeah, that's right. Was it his two things? Are you picking Branco before or after he was given a drugged water bottle by Argentina? <laughs> 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 that's true by the way there's a maradona there's a great clip on youtube yeah. maradona just wetting himself but well it's it's not confirmed but no one's ever bothered to deny it um the other thing was Pens, it, it branco who, was it branco freak it not murder mcleod out yeah hit, him, hit him in the face yeah and um yeah yeah anyway right. okay mike good stuff rob I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was me. Uh, okay, I am going to pick the person Gary mentioned, which is Des Walker, um, who for four years maybe was as good as any English centre half I've ever seen at defend, purely at defending. And I'd include modern defenders in that, like Terry and Ferdinand. Um, I just thought he was, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I have no idea why he declined so quickly. I think it was injury related and also Mark Overmars related and Sampdoria related and playing at left back for them. But in this tournament, it was brilliant. And besides the obvious that like, he was so fast, um, there's a great bit in the semi final when, again, towards the end of extra time, it looks like there's a long ball and Clinton heads over Walker and it looks like he's got the run on him. And Walker just, people say this about Kyle Walker actually, that when he sprints, he doesn't look like he's straining at all. It was just such smooth pace and he outpaced Klinsman. Um, the other thing about this tournament is his bravery as well, because pretty much every game he was doubtful with there were at least two injuries. Um, and you think he's still doing that in the 118th, 117th minute. Um, so yeah, I just thought uh, at this specific point in time, I thought he was as good as any defender probably in the world, centre back in the world. So he, him and Buchwald are your. Yes, they're not sweepers. Part, part of your back, part of your back. I haven't got a clue to sweepers. Yeah, one. lovely stuff. Okay, I, I better do some defensive work then in the heart. I'll, I'll go for, again, an underrated West German, Klaus Augenthaler, um, fabulous at Bayern Munich, absolute Rolls Royce of a player, um, loved a good dig um, from, from range. Um, uh, yeah, so a, a wee bit under the radar, not quite as showy as Franco Baresi or Des Walker, but um, yeah, I'm going to go for Algen Tyler, please. Mm, very good player. Yes, I had him. Gary, you've got two? Yeah, I've got two. Um, well, one of the delights of the World Cup in the kind of my formative years is that it was often like that that kind of scene in uh, in versions of A Christmas Carol where the, the ghost of Christmas present is surrounded by jewels and gold and goblets and diamonds and things like that because a World Cup was an opportunity to see players you hadn't seen before. Sometimes, by 1990, we were seeing perhaps more of them in European club football and so on, but it was largely 
unexplored land. And some of those players, and we've already mentioned uh, some of them, most notably Salvatore Scalacci, uh, looked like a diamond and yet never really went on. Well, I'm going to pick a player who looked like a diamond. In fact, he looked like a god and still does this at the age he is now, which is very disappointing for men of my vintage, I can promise you. And that is Paolo Maldini, who was uh, a very young man at this tournament and uh, played very, very well indeed and became one of the all-time great defenders in world football history. He absolutely did. Hard to argue there. Your second choice, Gary? My second choice is, um, again, I'm, I'm going for one of the themes that I have here, which is to look at teams who arguably overachieved. And I'm going to pick a player from one of those teams. But I'm also going to pick him um, because in the uh, wonderful film Finding Jack Charlton, um, there are very poignant <laughs> scenes. And I know, Rob, I know, I know. Uh, there are many... Many uh, players who made their name with this club who I think are overrated. This is a player who I think is underrated. Um, and but going back to finding Jack Charlton, you, he's not in it for long, but it is deeply moving and it is really, uh, it, it, it's very much today, you know, and we're 33, we're a third of a century on here, but the way Jack Charlton builds a relationship with him to get the best out of him. And uh, that is Paul McGrath, um, who played midfield uh, for the Republic in uh, this tournament. Um, he had absolutely everything as a footballer. Uh, he was from a damaged background, and we see some of that in the movie. I haven't read his autobiography yet, but I do intend to. But it's a, it's a brilliant piece of management for Jack Charlton to get uh, so much out of this player because there was an enormous amount in there and he gets more of it out of him than perhaps any other manager. So I'm going for uh, a man whom I respect uh, from a manager whom I respect, and that is Paul McGrath as managed by Jack Charles. Just a quick thing on McGrath. <clears throat> There's a lovely story, um, I think it was on an Off the Ball podcast, Jason McAteer was telling it, and I don't normally listen to McAteer, but this is really good. So this is in 94 when McGrath played centre-half against Italy and was fantastic when Ireland beat them. And McAteer said towards the end of the game, he just noticed Franco Baresi had gone all the way to kind of seek out McGrath, just shake hands and talk to him, swap shirts. And he said it was kind of an equivalent of the Bobby Morpelli thing, but no one got a picture, no one noticed it. And I just love the idea of Baresi recognising like, an absolutely world-class, but not just, um, McGraw was brilliant physically, obviously, apart from his knees, I mean, in terms of pace and strength, but his reading of the game is yeah. so good. And that's why I suspect he was so good in midfield as well, because if you want to kind of pin teams in, which Ireland dibs, it's almost like you, you, the qualities of centre-back are pretty useful. Um, yeah, just brilliant player. Okay, Gary, you currently have Walter Zenga and goal, Mark Wright at the centre of your defence, Paolo Maldini left back, Paul McGrath in the middle of the pitch, and a front two of Kinija and Mila. Um, I'm very worried about what you're building in midfield, gents, and I have absolutely nothing, so we have to pick a midfielder. Uh, I did love that Yugoslavia team. Um, Mac has broken my heart by getting Dragan Stojkovic, but I will pick another um, of that brilliant Yugoslavian midfield, another player who murdered my team only a few months <laughs> after um, Italian 90, and that's Robert Prodinecki. As cool and as effortless and as classy um, as you would ever wish to see a, a midfielder. So I need some, I need some ball playing in there. Sorry, Rob. 
Can you please tell your Prozanetsky story from your book? Because it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, a friend of mine travelled to Belgrade, not an easy journey, in um, the October of um, 1990 to watch Rangers um, play Red Star, um, whereas other bands were heading for the, um, the whatever pub they could find. They went for something a wee bit more sophisticated, a cafe. Still get a few beers in, but just you know, straight to the cafe. Um, asked the guy, yeah, sure, sure. He said, where are you from? Or from Glasgow for, for the football? Football, yeah. I said, see that guy at the bottom of the bar there smoking a cigarette, drinking a coffee? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he's playing against your team tonight. And it was, of course, Robert Prozanetti. As cool as you like. And as I said, um, scored a free kick that, that evening. It's not about that. It's about Italian 90. He was... He was picked in. Was he picked in the team of the tournament? Certainly, he was certainly he was, he was, he noticed. He was the young yeah, player of the tournament. Yeah, he's superb. So I'm going to go for Prozanetti. I had to get some Yugoslavian uh, or some Balkan influence in in the middle because I'm looking at your midfields with great jealousy here. So um, Prozanetti for me, I have Goykache and goal. Klaus Argenthaler at the heart of defence, Prozanetti at the heart of midfield, Andy Bremer out in the left, and Scalacci and Vola up front. Rob, I am going to. Go for a hipster pick. Um, the Costa Rican keeper, I apologise for mispronouncing <laughs> Louis Canejo, um, who only played three games because he was injured for the second round game when they got plugged by Czechoslovakia. Um, but he was on the bench in the team of the tournament. Um, he made a both volume and quality of saves in the group stages were really outstanding today. Yeah. Obviously, beat Scotland 1 0, but he makes one amazing save for Mo Johnson. And at first, it looks like a typical point blank. He's belted at the keeper, but it isn't. It's actually a brilliant save, both getting out to Johnson and then the reflexes to save it. That's a nice ball. Johnston, good save. Mo Johnston. Load of saves against Brazil when the only goal that beat him was took about 12 deflections. Um, and a few good ones against Sweden. I mean, the goal against, so he continued two and three games, one all those deflections, one he makes a brilliant save from a Schwarz free kick, but because he sees it so late, he only pushes it out and it's put away. But I'm not having it, it's a goalkeeping error. So I, he's one of those players who we sort of know Scalacci's story, but I probably haven't thought about him before or since. So I had a quick look. He ended up at Albacete in Spain, but apparently he was lied to about which division they were in. Basically, <laughs> he thought he was going to La Liga and they were in the second, I think, second. Now, eventually yeah. they got there, but you think like, that's someone's career. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's one of those players. That I'd, he's one, someone I'd actually like to look into a bit more and know a bit more about what happened, where he came from. But in that tournament, he was a giant. Um, I don't think it has stopped losing Czechoslovakia because they were just overwhelmed by Skaravi and the quality of delivery but um i think i don't think it would have been 4-1 uh and yeah so he's my pick i'm quite quite upset about that <laughs> yeah and elvis when they did go up he they finished seventh in la liga which was quite yeah. astounding and then he retired from international football in 1991 because there were no more worlds to conquer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so interesting that Rob mentioned the quality of delivery. Um, name checks, Gravy. Didn't, uh -huh. didn't name check the the the, the yeah, creator. Because it's about um, seven. Of thank them. you, thank you, Rob, for um, reminding me of Costa Rica. I ran all the way home from school to watch that shit show. Um, <laughs> Matt, you have a double, please. Yeah, quite okay. So let's see. I'm I'm looking at. I need some. 
need some midfield and some defensive uh, support. So I think. Oh, Martin, you got Algenthaler, didn't you? I did. Yeah, that's all right. Algenthaler couldn't do it. Lineker probably could. So um, I'm going to go, I think, it, to, to yeah, some partnerships. I've got, I've got Beresi and I've got Bergami. Uh, on the left wing back, I've got Branco. So on the right, I think I'm going to have... Unless Rob tells me that he's more like a right side of my three, uh, I'm going to go with Jorginho. Oh. Mm. Yeah. No, he actually played left wing. Yeah, I wouldn't pick him if I were you. No, Did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. He was the best right back in the tournament. Yeah. Probably, God. in my opinion. You were off my. Mm. Okay, <laughs> Jorginho. Yes, I'm going to pick him um, because he was, uh, as you said, that's definitely why I picked him because I knew that he was the best right back in the tournament. Um, I, I also picked him because he managed about his managerial career. He managed about 20 clubs, most of them for three months <laughs> or less. Um, and, and according to the Wikipedia page, it, it implies that he was managing two teams at the same time. <laughs> uh, oh my God, that's brilliant. A few years ago. So, um, poor bigamy. <laughs> so I'm picking, <laughs> I'm picking Jorginho. He's slightly forgotten, isn't he? Is that because mm. the man who came after was Cafu? Yeah, incredible. Well, yeah. And I think because the man... He got who, injured in the final, didn't he, in 94, and Cafu came on. And and, yeah. and, and that was it, right. And and actually, um, my my left-sided pick there, Branco, was replaced by Roberto Carlos, I think. So mm. both men of greater renown, let's say. Um, mm. but, but still uh, a fine player. And your next one? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I got to go into midfield, but you took all my midfielders. Oh, okay. He's not actually the next on my midfield list, but I didn't prepare anything to say about the person who would have been my number four midfield. Uh, so I'm going to go with a man who's uh, most remembered for one of the most gorgeous post hittings in World Cup history. Oh, you um, twat. <laughs> yeah, the man who is responsible for the shit, did you see that? He must have <laughs> put like a traction engine. Uh, shit! Did you see that? He must have a foot like a traction engine. <laughs> and a brilliant, brilliant over the shoulder lobbed pass assist uh, against South Korea. Uh, Enzo Shifo is my man. Yeah. That's very annoying. Thank you. Yep, super player. Rob? Mm, um, yeah, that's interesting. Right. Um, I still haven't got any wingbacks, have I? Okay. I've got all the wingbacks. Yeah, I've, I've fucked up there. Right. Um, Centre forward, I'm torn between, and I can talk about this because I don't care because I'm not going to get the other one, Lydica or Kareka. I'm going to pick Lineker just because he did it when it really mattered. And Kareka, though I thought he was amazing and he scored possibly my favourite one-on-one finish against Sweden. It's just, it's just pornographic. Um, he, did, he did miss a couple of chances against Argentina, uh, whereas Lineker actually kind of, for want of a less wanky phrase, grew into the tournament. He missed a chance against Holland, missed one against Belgium, but he had obviously toe problems. He quite literally shat himself. Um, but yeah, I think when it mattered, he really 
was just fantastic. It's not just the penalties against Cameroon, although it takes almighty nerve because England hadn't had one for four years. Um, but he won. He won them both, didn't he? Yeah, of course he, yeah, did. he did. Brilliant finish, a deceptively brilliant finish actually against um, West Germany when Bookvad didn't cock up. We're appealing for offside. The Germans and they're in trouble. Alcantara couldn't do it. Lineker probably could. And he would have equalised. It's Gary Lineker. Um, and the other thing I noticed watching these games back is how good his link play was. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And I'm pretty sure when Graham Taylor took him off, it was because against Sweden in 92, this is, because he thought Alan Smith would hold the ball up better. That's probably true of his physical strength. But in terms of actual link play laying off, it really struck me how good it was. But more than that, I just think I just think he he's underrated how mentally tough he was. Ten goals in a World Cup, pretty much scored in every big game he played at a World Cup, albeit, you know, he had chances as well. But yes, I have convinced myself that he was slightly better than Kareka at Italian 90. Yeah, fair enough. So, so do, am I right in reading that you have Diego Maradona playing behind Gary Lineker? He does, with Matthias and Gascoigne just behind. Yeah, you've oh, seen uh, when Lineker met Maradona, haven't you? No, They're I great have. mates yeah, now. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, uh, I thought it'd be a step too far to pick Peter Schilt, given that the grass is still It'd be a step too far to pick him in anything. <laughs> I'm going to have Thomas Berthold, unless I'm missing something at right wing back. I know he's not as good as Andy Bremer, but he was serviceable, I think, um, and good understanding. Especially <laughs> your with, team talk. Yeah, with Ogden Taller. <laughs> I'm sure serviceable. Yeah. No, I think he was yeah, a, a good bit of balls. Thomas Berthold for me, West Germany. Um, so that's my wing back sorted. Two he's World quite Cup. flexible as well. Yeah, two World Cup winning of... wing backs. Mm. They had a lot of flexible players, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you've got two. Yeah, um, speaking of flexibility of the Germans, there it's. Uh, I, I kind of was looking at the squad, and you know, half of them seemed kind of interchangeable. They seemed like kind of Terminator footballers that you could just sort of melt back into into position uh, as the the all-purpose German defender. Um, but I'm going to go for someone who, believe it or not, makes it sound like. I've actually done some tactical thinking about this, um, which is that if I've got Kanikia running defenders and I've got Roger Miller as a false nine, I need a runner from midfield who can finish. And the runner from midfield who can finish is going to be David Platt. Uh, another Anglophone name here, um, because I say I'm, I'm working more off memory and obviously one remembers the England games more than the others, but uh, Platt, I think, it's probably fair to say, came of age to some extent in this in this tournament and was a a threat with the uh, wit of his runs really um, from deep. Um, it, it was something of the Terry McDermott who who did it for Liverpool a generation or so earlier, um, but he could also finish most memorably with that uh, over the shoulder volley. I think against Belgium was it. Um, yeah, so uh, David Platt is my uh, midfield runner. Chip in there. And Platt has scored! A fantastic finale! And your next one? My next one is uh, going to be a, another uh, defender, and it's from the uh, Italian set of four, and it's Brian's brother, Ricardo. Yes, Ricardo Ferry. Um, I need to 
probably be told exactly where he played, but I think he was a centre back. Was uh, Ricardo? He was a yeah, and every team that wins a, a tournament has got to have uh, a kind of goalkeeper chair type uh, character who will kick you up in the air if you go past them uh, once. Um, that you know, thou shalt not pass the second time. And um, Ferry is is not as celebrated, I don't think, as obviously Baresi mm. and Maldini, but um, he was a pretty good defender. He made the rest of them around him play well. Uh, no nonsense, as the phrase has it these days, beloved of the likes of um, Sam Allardyce and so on. Allardyce would have liked, I think, Ricardo Ferry in his team. But uh, yeah, he's my my next man, another Italian defender. Okay, I'm going to stay Italian. I'm going to try and add to my midfield here. Um, there's one obvious one. I, With one obvious moment, I don't think though Italian 90 was his moment. That would happen four years later. So I'm going to go for someone who is a wee bit overlooked in that Italian story, and that's Giuseppe Giannini, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an absolutely gorgeous player. Um, other Italians, yep. we've, we've mentioned quite a few of them, um, took the headlines, but he linked up play so well. Um and yeah, just behind Scalacci and Vaughan is going to be Giannini, please. Is it is it me or around that time did we use in England the phrase schema and it kind of died yeah. out? It feels like the embodiment of that. Yeah. But it was almost like it obviously formations have changed, but three five two almost allowed you almost yeah. have a free role in central midfield. Yeah. That yeah. isn't a contradiction and that and you're right, he was brilliant at that. I thought he had a terrific tournament. Okay, me next. Bugger off while I look at right wing backs because I'm screwed. Um, okay, I'm going to pick in central midfield. I am going to pick Alamal ahead of Dunga. Um, so I think in this tournament, and I don't know, to be honest, I was 14. My memory isn't that great. But I just have a feeling that Dunga wasn't quite the... You know, 1994 Dunga. Day four, yeah. I thought it was a fantastic player. Yeah. I mean, he was still a really good player at 1990. Of course he was. He hits them. But I thought Alamal probably was just had a bit more on the ball. I mean, so easy to forget because Brazil essentially failed. But they dominated all four games. They really dominated all four games. They had, I read something like they had 56 shots, and I forget the number against. It was about it, – but it wasn't a lot anyway. Obviously, Argentina, Mike Gibbons – our friend Mike had a brilliant phrase for it the other day, the perfect crime, essentially, mm. Argentina's win, which is just, I'm going to nick that so often because it is just so true. Brazil, they, they weren't particularly flamboyant. They played, essentially, they had three centre-backs and two holding midfielders, although Alamal was a bit better. Um, so they were a bit negative, but they still should have won every game. And part of that was because Dunga Alamal and to a lesser extent Valdo gave them control in midfield. Alamal was at Napoli at the time, obviously slightly forgotten there, overshadowed by you-know-who. Uh he hit the bar against Argentina from 20 yards. Now Alamal. Good effort. Oh, again! Against the woodwork. How unlucky. So, yeah, just a, a, the kind of player who, at the time, you kind of didn't think of as Brazilian, who we now recognise because they... It's almost their biggest export now, defensive midfielders mm-hmm. who can play. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, obviously, we'd have people like Socrates and Falcao. And, so it was kind of a, a bit of a revelation and not an entirely welcome one at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought he was a really good player, and he might help calm Maradona down if he's getting you know, <laughs> a bit too lively with my decisions. Mark, do you have a double dunt? Okay, so then, um, I think, uh, unless I've been trying to keep up with my formation, 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna put another midfielder in there, and I'm gonna go with Roberto Donadoni. Uh, because his name uh, is wonderful to say, um, because the sh he hit he hit a shot so hard that the shot that set up Scalacci's win against uh, Ireland in the quarterfinal knocked over Pat Bonner <laughs> like he was like he was staggering to the loo after his ninth pint. Baggio, Scalacci. This is a promising move. It's Donadoni. Good effort. Oh, Schilacci! Goal! Yes! Italy have scored! And it's Schilacci again! So uh, that's who I'm going to pick as my first of my double dip. And, you know, Martin, remind, remind the readers of who I've picked and what my formation is and what I need. At the moment, you, 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 you for their benefit. Remind us what readers means as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Um, <laughs> you don't have a goalkeeper. Um, you've got Baresi and Bergami as two of a three. You have your wing back sorted, Jorginho and Brian Cole. You have your midfield sorted in Stoikovic, Shifo, and Donadoni, and you have Jurgen Klinsmann. So you you need another one of your back three. You need a goalkeeper and you need a forward. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Well, you took all my top defenders. So let's see. And I don't, none of the goalies were any good. So I can have anyone, it doesn't matter. Mm. Let's see. So up front is who I'm looking. Oh, okay. Has anyone, oof. Has anyone picked Roberto Baggio yet? No. Can I have him? You certainly can. All right, I'll take him. I don't know that he was, you know, it was a long time ago and I was a young man, but uh, I don't know that he was full Baggio yet, but... The, he, the I, goal... I don't think he had the, he had the goal of the tournament. Um, oh. Yeah. Did they have a lot riding on his shoulders with the, kind of the, the young hope of that team? I know they had a few, Viali and Mancini and, and whatever else. He really was. Was that the summary he'd left Florence, Rob, and Florence burned because he'd gone to Juventus? Yeah, um, that, but but yeah. yes, exactly. four years ago, he, if you want to see a, a player ride a tournament, it, it, yeah. it, it was bad. In, interesting. I mean, I don't think... Oh. No, no, I wouldn't agree with it, but Baggio was actually sixth on the golden ball. Probably worth going to yeah. listen. Scalacci won it. Matthias and Maradona... Miller, Klinsmann, Badger. I wouldn't have him that high, but it's interesting. Anyway. He, 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 he had, had a, he had a brand. Yeah. And he did um, score the most charming goal. But still, Badger. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What a goal It was a I mean, it, I, I don't think it was the, the, the goal of the... Of the tournament, I've got I've got Kareka ahead of that. I got Mateus ahead of that. Obviously, Lineker against Republic of Ireland. Um, all, all my players, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he but, uh, he, I, he was he, he was marvelous, and and his role in the um, in that fantastic uh, Scalacci goal, um, the one that looks like it took a nick but didn't. Yeah, uh, where he just just a first touch round the corner from, from yeah. Zenga, walloping it upfield. Uh, he was he was great, so I'll have him. That's absolutely fine. Rob, you again? 
Me again, oh, fucking hell. Um, I'll just comment, while you're looking, Rob, I'll comment on Baggio's goal, because that's the one where he carries it, doesn't he, from the inside his yeah. own heart. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. one of it's one of oh, the yes. kinds of goals that I feel is overrated, and the reason why I feel like... <laughs> on, it's, it's just, it's just no, no real attempt to to tackle him no real attempt in those days somebody should just come across and body check him and take the yellow card which is all you would get and i just think that that you know he sort of waltzes through okay he's going at pace okay it's you know he's angling his run and so on but he doesn't have that much to do before having a free shot on goal i feel like this rob is, has a comment no this is going to sound like a humble brag and it really isn't because my life is shit don't worry but when we did danish dynamite i um interviewed michael laldrup and Danish Dynamite book about the Danish team in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about his goal against Uruguay, you know, the one in 86 when he dribbled past yeah. Tooth. And everyone's saying it's an amazing goal. And he basically said it was easy. And he wasn't being modest at all. Mm. Now like that. Um, he just said, like, no one did. Basically, exactly what you said, really. Um, so I, I completely understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm all, I'm all for <laughs> shitting on other people's selections. <laughs> <as well. laughs> well, um, is there any yeah. chance you could find some webs in this team room? No. Those are coming last because um, I haven't got a clue I'm going to pick. So <laughs> my next one is my sweeper, who's Georgi or Georgi Papescu of Romania. Uh, he played in the back four, but he played as a sweeper. Yeah. And I vividly remember when they beat the USSR team. It's, I don't know why. Why Why the hell does this stick in my mind? Um, I vividly remember Terry Venables absolutely raving about him on BBC, would have been. Um, but also, this is a completely pointless coincidence but on the day Romania went out of the World Cup they lost to Ireland we had like a mini World Cup at school and I was in the Romania team and I decided to pesky purely because of that and again this is not a brag because I was shit football but I just scored the winner in the final it's the only goal I scored in about two years <laughs> so that's another reason to pick it but I actually there's a really interesting resource on sofa score which is like really detailed data about every World Cup from 1970 um and I don't want to be a data bore, but what I find interesting about it is that we've already formed our opinions of these players, so it kind of reinforces them, whereas in modern football, the danger is that the data shapes the judgment rather than the other way around. Yes. Anyway, point is, in that tournament, Romania had the second highest possession percentage uh, behind West Germany and um, I was just behind Ireland. Um, sorry. And Popescu was the biggest reason for that. I, I, I won't bore you too much, but he was the only person who played over 100 parts in a single game, blah, blah, blah. He was just a, a Rolls Royce, essentially. And um, I also really need a sweeper, so he's my choice. Did he go to Tottenham? Yeah, he ended up, he plays a holding midfielder there. Yeah. He, was, he was the one who basically had five people in front of him <laughs> just going where they want. Although it was yeah. never quite that extreme. But yes, he was. That was in 94, though. Um, yeah. And after that, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah. He has a spell at Barcelona, didn't he? And other, lots of other clubs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a really, really good footballer. So there's a couple of choices there that would be amazing in a draft of USA 94. Whether they are in the United is up for the listeners, of course. I'm going to go again, sturdy. I need some. I need some steel in this back, and I'm going to go for Jurgen Kolar as part of my three alongside Ogden Taller. Um, so, yeah, not a lot escaped through that West German defence, um, and it's all a team game. And if I can get as many of them in this team, I now have Berto, Bremer, Kolar, and Ogden Taller as part of um, and, that. And, that and I've got. I've got Lineker and those two made a balls with goal. Do you know it's yeah. interesting? I, I agree with that, Curly, but he didn't actually start the tournament, and I'd totally forgotten mm. this. He comes in against the Netherlands, which is why Bookvar went into midfield. Yeah. But there's a great story in that because he actually, having been kind of run slightly ragged by Van Basten in 88, he doesn't give Van Basten a kick 
1990, albeit Van Basten still gets a sympathy penalty for a non-existent foul by Conan. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, I think Conan's yeah. one of the best men marks in the 90s, absolutely. Yeah, I love him. And yeah, that's a one, two, three, four, five, five World Cup winners in, in, in mine. Uh, Gary, you've got <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Well, I, I need a bit of width in both defence and midfield. So you're I'm going gonna, to with no wingers, is that right? Uh, well, I, I'm going to pick one now, at least in my memory, he's a winger, and I hope that will be confirmed by the more knowledgeable people around the, the virtual table here. But first, I'm going to go for a right-back, um, who was very much a, a right-back, and he gets good write-ups. He gets... Uh, he was possibly... More appreciated now, looking in the rearview mirror, than he was at the time. But thinking back on it, he was he was part of of a, a disciplined uh, defensive operation that didn't always succeed, uh, but nevertheless uh, got all the way to the uh, to the third place playoff, and indeed won the third place playoff. And that's Paul Parker, um, very solid at right back, got his job done. I think he was a converted centre back. I think at QPR was it Rob that he was a a centre back uh, there, and then went to to Manchester United. Was yeah, he I, a wing back because Gary Stevens started as the right well, back, he, and then didn't think he could do the wing back thing because they had to go to the wing back thing, and and Parker come in. No? But I'd I'd love to know about that because Stevens was better going forward than Parker. He was, Parker yeah, was yeah, more suited back four. So I don't know, but uh, but yes, he was a, a QPR. I, I he certainly played centre back. I think he played right back at QPR. He certainly played about 99% of his games for both England and Man United at either right back or right wing back. Yeah, yeah, he's, do you know, what I find interesting about him is he is, in many ways, the embodiment of the kind of magic of Italian United from the England point of view because everyone else had moments at some stage, but he only played about 19 times for England. Mm. I think he only started 10 games and six of them, something like that, were at a World Cup, just came and went like that because Taylor picked a million right backs, Lee Dixon, Keith Curl, literally David Batty, Andy Sinton. I could go on, but anyway, I won't. Yeah. So yeah, good choice. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got some fairly solid players, uh, but I've I've kind of all put all my creative eggs in the basket up front with Kanigia and Roger Miller. So I'm kind of allowed them. Uh, well, I'm going to pick a player now who I'm sure played wide. I'm not sure which side of the pitch he played on, um, but he was one of the uh, experienced. West German team, and um, he was a, he was a pest. He was constantly buzzing around, and he was making things happen. And I like players for whom you don't have to look too far, and you never had to look too far for Pierre Litbarski. And um, he's going to be wide on on the right side, I think. Litbarski, or is he? Yeah, but he was sort of a no. He sort of was. So he played. They played three five two with. Me- and they played he was wide in Euro 88, wasn't he? But he played yeah. a bit of Mateus there. But, but they, was, they were quite was, flexible. He played, well, no, I thought they played Mateus as the kind of deeper player, albeit going everywhere. And then they had two from four kind of schemes again. So it would be Olaf Ton, Thomas Hessler, Litbarski, and Uwe Bayern, who's a really underrated player. So they were sort of roaming. Yeah, I mean, you could get away with it. Technically, I would say, and I might be wrong, but technically, I think he played central midfield, but. But it was a kind of roaming position. They were almost what we would now almost call it was almost a Man City midfield, but not a four-three-three, if you know what I mean. So the kind of a De Bruyne-ish sort of. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I had him and Olaf want. Olaf tone down, and yeah, I thought all that Lebarski would be better suited to playing uh, wide. But um, he's he's my next choice, and I'm getting close to having a full eleven. I but think it we does all are, aren't we? it does yeah. highlight a point, and this is partly why. I've 
I guess three of us picked. Just, there weren't many wings in this tournament at all, were there? Um, I mean, you think of people like Lakatu. My favorite cross of the tournament from Lakatu through mainly against Argentina, but even he was a centre forward pulling wide yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. an orthodox winger. So yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Um... I have to get a Cameron player in there because as a kid that they did capture the imagination and I oh, need yeah. a wee bit of an adventure in my, my back three. So I'm going to go Benjamin Massing, please. To, <laughs> um, you you hope you'd think I was going to say someone else or you, you have a, yeah. a face of relief there. Um, yeah, I need a bit. I need a, a wild card in that. Ogden Taller and Kohler, it's just it's a wee bit too too safe. And Who's Who's got Canadian in their team? Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Extra shin pads for you, Claudio. Kanija, they've got to get back now, Cameroon. Kanija leads the charge. Kunde pulls out of the challenge. Not a good one by Ndi. Referee allows him to go on. Terrible challenge by Massing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, leave a bit in. <laughs> Rob? I am so I need to pick wing backs and I've sort of buggered this up, but actually I've got a couple of good choices. I think left back I am going to pick slightly ahead of I think it's Mikel de Wolf of Belgium, who was good, but I thought he got a slight chasing from Waddle, um, who I really wanted to pick actually because I thought he had a fantastic tournament both as a winger and a central midfielder. But that's another point. So I'm going to pick uh, Julio Alatacachea of Argentina, who was one of the ones who missed the final. Um, obviously, Canija was the big miss, but. Just a pretty good left back. Two very good crosses for goals against Trollio's goal against USSR, which is really important because it got them going after that fiasco against Cameroon. Alati Kachea showing good skill himself. And that's a dangerous looking ball. Trollio! Yes! And he also sets up Kanija's goal against Italy. Um, you know, Maradona Kanija didn't have much support in that team, but I think there were certain players who played better than others. Alati Kachea and Burchago as well, both from 86. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he's my choice left wing back. Okay, Mac, you have a goalkeeper and your three-man defence to finish. That's these are your last two picks of the draft. All right, uh, I'm going to keep it simple because uh, we are at the end of my list, and I haven't listened to any of your picks for the last round. I have no idea what any of you said <laughs> uh, because I was busy googling centre-backs that played at the World Cup. Um, so I'm going to pick um, Yugoslavia's Farouk Hadzibegic, or however you say it, um, because Yugoslavia did quite well. They only they conceded uh, four against West Germany, but other than that, they were pretty tight at the back. What? <laughs> you, know, there were lots of <laughs> you know there were lots of penalty shootouts at 10 90. Your team's got four players in these penalties in the tournament. Donadoni, Shifo, Hadzibajic, and Stojkovic. Yeah, but so... my team's so good that they're not going to go for a penalty shootout. <laughs> they don't have to. <laughs> so I'm picking him because they didn't, apart from that one game, they didn't concede a lot. And then the goalies, um, they're all much of a muchness to me, but I'm picking Bodo Ildner because yeah. Germany won. Yeah. And, and that'll do. That's <laughs> Wonderful, thank you, Mike. Right, Rob. Um, yeah. what, you need that. You need a right. Yeah, I, I also, I really want Georgina, but um, yeah, I, I also want the Cameroon player, and I picked Stephen Tatao, who's a captain who, like Massing, is sadly no longer with us. How kind of weird is that to think about? Um, yeah, just to, 
I'll be honest, I don't remember a huge amount, but I do remember that he was seen as one of their better players. He was a captain, played every minute, I think. Almost joined QPR after, but Don Hale told him they didn't have any room. But that might be because I had Paul Parker. Um, so, yes, um, everything I've kind of read and remember suggests he was one of their better, more inspirational players. I read a lot of good things about Kanabik, actually, but he only played about two games. He kept getting sent off or booked. Yeah, the um, problem. He was, in, he was in Jimmy Greaves' team in the tournament. Mm. I, bet you, I bet you didn't know that. I did not. Um, I'm going to complete my midfield and my team again with a, a, a player from a team that maybe didn't, well, they never did live up to expectations back in in, in those days. Um, but I had a soft spot for Michel of of Spain, um, so I think compliments Prozaneki and uh, Giannini quite well. We don't have to worry about defending with that kind of defence behind us. So yeah, another another skillful technical um, player popped up with a. Couple the day after uh, yeah, he got a fantastic hat trick against yeah, really. All three goals are so classy. Yeah. Julio Salinas with Fernando and Roberto waiting in the middle. And that is Roberto. Couldn't control the header. Chance though for Michel. A hat trick maybe. Oh, a great hat trick too. Three superb goals by Michel. Two things two things about that. I think personally, I think there's an element of flat track bully with him, but anyway, let's not get into that. It is interesting how many teams, you're right didn't pick what we would now call a defensive midfielder. That's partly because it's 3-5-2, but even Germany had, like, Matthias was their nominal defensive midfielder. So you're right, you kind of don't don't need them. It, it fits the profile of the tournament, really. Gary, the final choice, the 44th player, um, by uh, my reckoning, should be your left winger. Yeah, well, I, 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 I'm, not in, I'm not entirely certain. Uh, I'm very tempted to do what used to happen on uh, on school notice boards for the first 11 on Saturday morning, which is have 10 names and A-N other uh, there, who was uh, whoever the PE teacher could phone round, whose uh, mother or father could drive the car there. Um, so I've, I've mentioned him before, and it's part of the kind of all-purpose kind of German midfield template, and it's Olaf Tone. I know he didn't always play in the matches, but... Uh, I, I, I'm going for him because I, I want him to work with uh, Litbarski and float around, as Rob mentioned earlier on. So um, he's my he's my man. Okay, very interesting. What is interesting, and certainly the forward choices, is that Thomas Gravy hardly yeah. mentioned you know, a lot of goals, but again, a very old school target exactly. man, centre forward, and we're, we're far more refined um, now. Um, okay, my my handwriting is dreadful, but I'll try and sum this up. Rob, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Gary, we will just finish. Has four four two. Walter Zenga in goal. Paul Parker, Ferry, uh, Wright, Maldini is a back four. Litbarski, Platt, McGrath, and Ton with Kanija and Mila up front. Or Steve Bull. Or Steve Bull. Who's got the that, energy? That sounds harsh. I used to love Steve Bull actually. I don't know why. Oh, I, I did as well. I was yeah. at Wembley when he scored that belt against Shevchenko. I loved it. Anyway. Just um, for younger listeners, we should point out that he was being selected from England from the third level of English football, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, or by that stage, but he had played for them in Division 3, and it's it's got more than 50 in two consecutive seasons, which is yeah. obscene. My 
Uh, we've got Goy Kachia, uh, the penalty expert in goal. Um, Massing, Augenthaler and Kohler is the back three. Um, the West German um, wing-backs, Bertold and Andy Bremer. A midfield of Prozanecki, Michel and Giannini. And Scalacci and Vola up front. There are goals in that team, boys. Plenty. <laughs> um, Rob, uh, the Costa Rican goalkeeper. You want to, is it? Quindio? Yeah. I think it's Conejo, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So Conejo, yes. Uh, back three are Popescu Sweeper, Bookfeld and Des Walker. Uh, midfield, sort of five across. So Tatel, um, let me look at this. Tatel, Mateus, Alamal, Gascoigne, Velas Cachea, and then Maradona behind Lineker. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, no so that, correct, that's correct, did they? That forward line of, of 1986, it looks great. Um, <laughs> and Mike has World Cup winner Bodo Elkner in goals. Um, what Bergami, Barese, and Hazabedic has mm -hmm. uh, from, from Yugoslavia. Yeah. yeah, Jorginho and Branko, the, the flying wing backs. Dragan Stojkovic, uh, Shifo mm. and Donadoni, um, and Klinsman and Baggio up front. Gentlemen, um, that was a lot of fun, and it's up to the listeners to decide. We'll get that on Twitter immediately. Rob? One really quick thing. Do you have any kind of left-field picks you didn't get in because they didn't come up? Mine was Hani Ramsey, the Egyptian Oh, yeah, yeah. He was 21 and looked amazing. Yeah. And he kind of went on to have a good career, played in the Bundesliga for 10 years, but anyway. If if I had had one, I would have researched that Cameroon side and picked one of the Cameroon. One of the did Omar Biak play for yeah. Uh, Omar Biak, the Makanaki is a good player as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were they were big men who had decent touch, but they were marauders. You thought, how are you going to defend against these guys? So it, my left field choice would have been one of the the Cameroon uh, attackers. Yeah, for me, it might have been Omar Biak. Um, or well, Watford legend John Barnes. <laughs> yeah, but but Rob told me not to. So yeah, it wasn't his best tournament. No, it wasn't. Oh, God, no one picked Valderrama. That's interesting. He had a good tournament, I thought. Yeah, yeah. The Colombian or, or not any Hagita either. Freddie yeah. Rincon was he kicking about Colombia still? Yeah, he scored the equaliser, didn't he? Yeah. Great equaliser against Germany. Oh, just after Barry Davis had given Valderrama an almighty barking to give him all for ninety minutes, he plays this fantastic reverse pass for Rincon. He scores. Valderrama was my nickname at college. True story, but <laughs> based on my hair, not yeah. based on uh, which is long gone. But yeah, not not on any of my skills. Okay, um, that was a lot of fun. Um, we will definitely do this again for another tournament, but you will decide. Uh, we'll put a limit on when the, the, the voting ends. Rob will put the graphics up um, so that you can um, see what we've come up with, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Rob. Cheers, lads. That was great fun. Gary. Uh, thank you, Martin. A brilliant job hosting. What's a tricky gig there. Absolutely. Well played. Oh, it was a lot of fun. And our special guest, thank you very much, Mike. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And until next time, bye for now.